podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Today, obviously, we have a guest on today. I know last week was a uh, was a weird one off, um, but I thought it was cool. I got to see some of your guys' projects that you linked um, to the Twitter um, when I tweeted out. So make sure you go down below, check out uh, the Twitter link down below, and also check out the guest links. I'll say that right away. I haven't I haven't given the shout out right away in the in the podcast yet um, in season three, but yeah, go down below connect with with the guest before you even have an impression of the guest <laughs> um but yeah so one thing i want to say before we introduce um have you have the guest introduce himself um thank you for thank you for listening um 21 episodes now into season three and probably close upwards to 50 something in total um I really appreciate it. I really, really, really appreciate it. I know every week I say this and it's, it's awesome to hear feedback and awesome to, you know, see that continual support from the people that love listening. And, and, um, and when I hear back that, you know, the listeners get something out of it, they learn something. That's, that's what, that's what I try to do. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. So it's, it's really awesome when, when we hear that happen. Um, but anyways, Thomas, Tom, Thomas. Oh, I I prefer Thomas. I don't really care at the end of the day as long as it starts with a T. It works for me. Okay. But um, yeah, no, I Thomas is Thomas is what the name my parents gave me, so I, I kind of just run with it at this point. Okay, so Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, Happy to be here. Thank you for coming on, and especially on like, I messaged you yesterday, yesterday or Saturday, either one of those two days, and I was like, hey, you want to record? And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you messaged me yesterday while I was watching football, and I was I was like. All right, fair enough. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, how about you introduce yourself to the people who don't know you, um, who don't know who you are, and then we can get into what what's on the docket today. Yeah. So my name is Thomas Northcutt. Uh, I am currently a graphic designer for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, with my uh, focus being on our digital and social channels. Um, I first got into design all the way back in college. I think what's important to say, I went to Auburn University, War Eagle. Um, I was a student basketball manager for four years. And before I had ever even like got into college or anything, I always like loved doing uniforms, helmets, whatever you can do, just designing stuff in my free time, but doing it in like programs like PowerPoint and GIMP and just all this other random stuff, just like didn't even think about design as like a possibility. Um, and one, one of my friends, my freshman year of college, wound up introducing me to Photoshop. He got me out of doing uh, hockey jersey designs in PowerPoint. Uh, that was the <laughs> turning point. And uh, he introduced me to Photoshop. Um, like I said, I was a basketball manager for four years, and one of the coaches saw me playing around in Photoshop a couple days after being introduced to it. Um, and they asked me to do a camp flyer, which the camp flyer, my mom actually still has on the fridge back home. Uh, I think I have that file saved because it is my favorite thing to go back and look at because it is so bad, but it's so good because of that. Um, Camp Flyer turned into recruiting work, and uh, over the course of four years managing and everything, I just fell in love with design. Um, fast forward to the end of or the beginning of my senior year, about two weeks before school started, uh, I remember sitting in the parking lot of the arena and deciding, okay, this is what I want to do for a living. This is what I'm gonna like try and make you know, make my career out of mm -hmm. and um, really went hard my senior year, just designing as much as I could, trying to come up with all these different ideas, learn, do whatever. Um, you know, this is all without taking any classes. I tried, I looked at switching into a graphic design major, but then I realized from the time I would have switched in, it would have taken me 
four years from that point and I just I was on scholarship I didn't want to try and like lose any money or time or anything like that as much as I love being at Auburn I did want to you know get my degree and get out into the world um but I uh yeah so I taught myself through reverse engineering other uh other photoshop templates that people had sent me and youtube tutorials and then after uh after graduation about a month after I take that back the day before I graduated um I was in a friend's wedding a little ways down the road and I got a message uh from a buddy about two job openings that he was looking at and he wound up taking a different job one was at uh Arizona and the other one was at Rutgers and uh I applied for the one at Rutgers I got that job moved up to New Jersey from I grew up in the south spent my whole life in the south moved to New Jersey without ever being north of the Mason-Dixon line uh and I blindly moved up here on a whim and it worked out great I worked with two of the best people in the in the industry and Andrew and Flynn and I love those guys and then uh three years there and a job opening opened up um with the nets and the rest is history that's where Mm -hmm. i am now awesome yeah that's that's cool i always like i always like hearing like what people think about you know the move from the south to the north you know i i I have (laughs) feelings and this is what i'll say a lot of people up here get a bad rep in the sense that you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the South's so nice. It's no, so hospitable, you know, and the North, everybody's so mean. And in reality, it's that's not true. People up here are very, very nice. You just have to get to know them. The, you have to have living up here. You have to have, like, that sort of level of, of like, pre, you know, safety. Just not safety necessarily, but, you know, you have to be careful about who you let in because you don't know who people are necessarily. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're also – there's so many people. So you, you once you get close to people – some of the nicest people in the world mm-hmm. but it's there's there's a lot of good things about living up here i do love being up here i love the south i'll always be grateful for where i came up and i try to throw a little bit of southern flair out of, out here and there when i can <laughs> um not to lose track of my not to lose track of my roots but yeah no i i think that uh there i'm also just an optimist i like to see the best in everybody whether or not it's you know where no matter who they are so that's that's also just me trying to put a positive spin on everything i think mm-hmm. so with you working in brooklyn or with brooklyn and you don't live in brooklyn how far away is jersey city from brooklyn or from your offices i suppose um so our offices are actually pretty deep into brooklyn uh for me and they're not at barclays center um for me to get from where i live to barclays center it takes about 30 minutes uh, 45 minutes, depending on how you time things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get to the office, it takes me about if you, if w- counting the amount of time it takes to walk from the train to the office, it takes about an hour, but it's really not that bad just because you're sitting on the train. It gives you that time to sort of like, you know, clear your head, get yourself ready for the day, sort right. of like, you know, take that extra time that you need to like mentally, you know, get yourself ready for whatever. So it's really not, it's not that bad. I, I enjoy it. Oh, so you don't, you know, I, I'm completely out of tune with like life on the Upper East Coast. It's like I don't. I was expecting you to like. Oh yeah, I drive into work. We got a parking garage, and but you take the train in. So well, uh, no, I the, I, I have never driven. Th- I've never driven through like the actual parts of the city. I refuse to do it. I love the drive, but there's nothing that gives me more anxiety and road rage than bumper to bumper traffic and 
having to wait at stoplights. My girlfriend gets on to me all the time because I will take a back road rather than like uh, sit at a stoplight or sit in like traffic on my highway. And even if it only saves two minutes and I'm like, I want to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and driving in New York city is not moving forward <laughs> ever. What's your, uh, from, so you, where did you say you were from again? So I was, I always, the, the, the long answer is that I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, spent most of my childhood in Nashville in the Nashville area. And right before uh, I started the eighth grade, my family moved to Huntsville, Alabama, um, which is where I went to high school and then went to Auburn and then moved up here. Yep. Okay. So what's your, like, what was the craziest thing from moving from, you know, Auburn in Alabama to is Rutgers is in, is it in Jersey city? Uh, Rutgers is in New Brunswick, New Jersey, okay. uh, which is central Jersey. And for anybody who's listening from New Jersey, central Jersey is real and it's pork roll. Fight me. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a niche joke for a very select group of people, but the, those who know, know. Um, now, it, you know, it was, it was an interesting change. Um, I, a lot of the, the one that my dad and I, when we first drove up, uh, we expected it to be a lot less suburban and a lot more like metropolis area because when you think of the area in new jersey and new york you think of new york city you Mm -hmm. think of like a big city feel and new jersey is a really beautiful state and everybody who i worked with at rutgers will be so happy to hear me say all these nice things about the state (laughs) because this is the first things that they said to me when i moved there but in all in all honesty new jersey is a really beautiful state you have a little bit of everything you have the shore which gets a really bad rep because of the tv show but Mm -hmm. the jersey shore is, is wonderful you have the mountains in the south you've got the city up north there's so many things to do and you're so close to so many things so that was really the coolest thing for me is just realizing how close i am to everything like mm-hmm. you know gro- living as sports fans you know when you're living in the south and when i went to school at auburn the only teams that you could get to within like a three-hour drive are the three pro sports teams in atlanta and everything else is at least seven or eight hours from here i did the math when i first moved and if you count the mls i think that it is um also that means that there's four pro sports teams in atlanta i'm sorry mm-hmm. atlanta fc or, atlanta yeah that's it. atlanta United. i'm so bad i'm sorry <laughs> uh, but i think up here it's like close to 25 sports teams you can get to within four hours just because all the cities are so close you can get to baltimore dc philly boston everything's very close and you can also take trains to get there you can take mm-hmm. other things so that was just, and I, I haven't been to all of them yet, but it's just a really cool thing to know that there's so much culture, so much history, and so many things to sort of like do and see up here that it's not easy to get to from where where I grew up. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's actually a crazy thing. I was talking with one of my buddies that lives in London, and I told him he was like he asked um, he asked like oh what are you doing this weekend and I was like oh I'm I'm going down to uh, going down to like see family and everything and he's like oh how long how long, how far away is it. I was like, oh, it's like, it's like three hours. It's like three hours away. And he goes, what are you going? Like all the, all the way across the country or what? And like, it's crazy. Cause it's like, for me, I mean, granted, it's not like, like you're three hours down in the South. Like we get that, we get that length driving, but for them over there yeah. in England, like three hours gets you from South, like in yeah. London to Manchester, which is in the North. And it's like, it's a completely different yeah. type of driving, like di- different oh. reference, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that you see people talk about on TikTok all the time. Or like, mm-hmm. I think the northernmost point to the southernmost point in England is like a nine hour drive. 
And like, just for my move. So when I moved up here, I met up with my family in Huntsville for a few days and then moved. It took 14 hours for us just to drive from Huntsville to New Jersey. We stopped halfway and we only got from Alabama to East Tennessee in that first seven hours. So like, it's, it's crazy how big this country is, but that's also what makes it really cool is being up here and being every, you know, wherever you are, just mm-hmm. getting that chance to go out and see everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really, that's the one thing I, uh, I hope I can get to do more up here in the next, uh, you know, over, over the next couple <clears throat> years or however long just to go and see stuff, um, everywhere. I, I really like getting out and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's, let's get into your, let's get into your profession here. Um, obviously you said you work with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so what is your, I guess, job and what are your like responsibilities basically? So, uh, my title is, uh, social and digital designer. So my main focus is working on graphics that you'll see on our social media channels, uh, email stuff. Uh, web ads, stuff like that, um, for the Brooklyn Nets and a little bit for Barclays Center. Um, I'll help out with some of our other properties when needed. Um, this year, I've also added back in some photography a little bit, helping out with our social team there, um, which is something I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, my main focus most days is working with our, you know, our marketing team to make sure we have all of our advertising material out and working with our social team just to come up with um, some of the best content in the league. Mm -hmm. For sure. That was very short and sweet. I like that. That was like, to the point, this is what I do, and this is, you know, that's it. I like that. I don't think I'd be able to do that. (laughs) It took like 30 seconds. That's just the easiest way to boil it down. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we do every day, but, I mean, the majority of it does boil down to that. I mean, I could go into depth about, you know, I, I spend my days making memes and dealing with, you know, sponsors and all this other stuff. But yeah, at the end of the day, you, 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 you get what you get. Everybody sort of knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do help out in other areas when needed. Um, I've dabbled with a couple other projects. We do try to all sort of work on different things. Um, like for example, one of the things I'm actually really excited about um, here in a couple weeks uh, when, when we host our first college basketball games of the season, they're going to be playing on the court that I designed, which is my first basketball court that I've designed. That's actually going to be, you know, used. Um, I, when I was first getting into graphic design, like I remember uh, the 2000 and like 2015 designing basketball courts with my friends, like just like coming up with ideas. And now the fact that like, I I got to see like the final samples for what the colors are going to be the other day. Like that was, that was just a surreal moment to sort of get to sit there and take it in and be like, wow, (laughs) you know, this has come full circle. I'm, I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. So with your creative team, I guess, a lot of people's notions when it comes to professional sports, especially a team the size of the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, the financial backing that the Brooklyn Nets have, they would expect a crazy, you know, elaborate creative team. What does your creative team look like? So at the moment, we currently have uh, one, two, three, four. There's four designers and uh, our creative director, um, we also have an open position, so if you want to apply, let me know. I will get you the link. <laughs> uh, but our yeah, so we have our creative director Carrie Paul, who is so talented. He worked at the NFL for a long time. He designed a bunch of Super Bowl campaigns. He's done so many awesome things. He's our you know the the, the company's director. Um, we have 
uh, my boss, Jesse Kavana, Jcav is one of the best in the industry. I feel like everybody knows who she is. She's always talking at everything because she's a great person to learn from. She's one of the best in the business, but she's the creative director for the Mets. We have uh, my boy, Derek Hamilton, who's done so many things who, I don't know what his specific focus is, but he does a lot of like our logo design and he does, uh, he works a lot on our smaller properties. So working with the Long Island Nets, working with uh, the Nets, Nets gaming with, uh, we don't really do much with the Liberty at this point, but anything else, he does some stuff with Barclay Center. Uh, we just recently hired uh, our, a new designer, Grant, who he's focusing on a lot of our in arena stuff and a lot of our like actual like physical venue kind of designs. Yeah, sure. And then the junior designer was helping out uh, with Derek. Um, shout out to Delaney who was there before. She was great. She just left for a really good opportunity for her. Um, but they helped Derek with a lot of the smaller properties and other stuff like that. So um, we, we have um, the only two of us that focus exclusively on Nets content every day are me and Jesse. Um, but we have, you know, we have a team of five, six people who can, if anybody needs to design anything at any given time, you know, anybody can jump in on it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So then my guess is you guys work obviously hand in hand with the photographers and videographers and stuff like that when, when they need something or when you need something. Yeah. So our, um, our content team, we work hand in hand with them. We have a great video team. They're, they're pretty well stacked there. Um, and we have a really great social team that all fall under that content umbrella that, that Jesse and I work really closely with. Um, I, you know, we have our Slack channel that I'm constantly getting messages about. We, we're all prepared on everything from, you know, getting stuff ready with uh, records, with game day, with you, all the little bits and bobs that you need for mm-hmm. any sort of for the to make an NBA team function on social media, um, working on stuff like making really dumb memes. Uh, that's my favorite part of the job. <laughs> um, anything like that, we uh, we we all work together on it. It's it's really great having a really solid team. I mean, the working with our two uh, guys that sort of run our like Twitter and Instagram, uh, Sandro and Eric. Um, those guys are awesome. They are. You know, we have our Slack channel, just the three of us, where we're always shooting around ideas, coming up with different stuff. So we're, we're all really close together working, uh, both physically, just because we have a very great open office sort of setting, so we can holler at each other whenever. But also just, you know, the way we're structured, it's it's really easy to get sort of work with whoever you need, whether it's social, marketing, um, anybody on that end, it's, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious when I see, like, either stuff you you create or stuff – maybe you have created, but I see on like the Brooklyn stuff, like Brooklyn social and even just looking at Brooklyn as a brand, like there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of heritage there. There's a lot of like substance to the brand, but I I've always wondered like, why did they go away from like the New Jersey nets? Like that's a sick, like the, the red, white, and blue, like that is so sick, like so, so old, so awesome brand. And then they went to, you know, black and white be on a basketball. You know, I, I just wonder like where that, like why, why that, I mean, the only, like the only connect there, at least to me, just looking brand, brand a, which is the New Jersey Nets brand B with the Brooklyn Nets is that is that it's called the Nets. I don't really think there's a lot of, you know, I think that was, you know, we, so this is actually fun fact. This is our uh, 10 year in Brooklyn celebration. Uh, This is our big campaign. If you look on our court on any given night you'll see the the 10-year logo shout out to derek he did a great job designing that <laughs> um 
you're also going to catch me anytime anybody else on my team makes anything i'm going to make sure that they get the love that they deserve it's <laughs> this any chance i get i want to just make sure everybody gets the gets the credit they deserve because there's so many unspoken heroes in design not just on my team but everywhere mm-hmm. um but from what i have been told and sort of the the stories that have gone around um and at least well from from the sake of moving i think part of the reason that we went the way we did with at least the color scheme is because we didn't really want to necessarily be associated with the red white and blue new jersey the rest because brooklyn is its own separate thing brooklyn is this really strong independent area mm-hmm. you know it's a very it's a very um creatively forward area and i mean honestly one of the things we joked about we just unveiled our new statement jersey a couple of weeks ago that is um solid black everything about it is black with some gray outlines on everything and it's it's a great uniform but you know black is just that staple color especially when it comes to basketball season everybody in new york is wearing all black everything going to you know they're they're with their coats their pants whatever it is it's always black so i think from that standpoint you know that makes a lot of sense um the story goes and i think i can say this is that jay-z is actually the reason that we wound up being able to go with black and white um, the story I have heard is that um, back back when we were first moving, uh, commissioner at the time, whose name I can't think of, um, was it Stern? Commissioner Stern? David Stern. I think David Stern. I kept my the only Stern that came to my mind was Howard Stern, and it was really throwing me <laughs> off. That, that ain't right. He was, <laughs> no, that is okay. He's a, he's, he he runs part of New York, but not us. Um, no, but the the. Commissioner Stern at the time was like really adamant on us um, having a third color um, because, you know, everybody needs that third color. And uh, sort of like, you know, you have the, you look at the Spurs who have that silver in their brand. Um, and so I don't know what happened. I don't know the specifics, but apparently Jay Z went in, had a meeting with David Stern, came out, and we were allowed to just be black and white. So, hmm. you know, uh, as for the logo set, I don't really, I don't know how we got there. Um, I, I can't really speak to that. I do, I do love the simplicity of our logo. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, it's, it's a, it's really iconic. It's easy to spot. Um, I know that it is very simple, but I think that also sort of does tie in with the simplicity of our brand and, you know, the simplicity of the black and white, mm-hmm. which also does at the end of the day for us, give us this really great opportunity to go crazy with everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, so many great uniforms in our history. We have so many fun colors we can run to. We don't necessarily have to limit ourselves to just black and white. Um, I mean, the you see a couple years ago, we did the Biggie jersey, which had that really amazing pattern down the side. And you really can't pull that off with a jersey that's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple years ago, we had the Basquiat uh, City uniform, which is so good. And I'm such a big fan of it. And it has the great paint splatters down the side. We're do- where we have our classic uniform this year, which is, that uh original dr j era nets jersey which i mean our fans are so excited that we have those coming back this year they're they're so good they're they're one of the best uniforms in basketball they're just so simple so iconic but you know it gives us a lot of opportunity from from our end at least to sort of run with the brand and expand everything yeah i was gonna say like with that black and white there's so much more freedom to go Mm -hmm. Like, even if you want to go, like, crazy, like, with the black and white, layout-wise or compositionally or using different typefaces rather than not throw – like, you don't even have to throw a color in. I feel like the range is a little bit – is, like, you're able, you're able to do a lot more with the, the creative range of your brand, you know, to where you yeah. don't really have to worry about if this color works or if this color doesn't. You go black and white, you put a composition together, most likely you're – 
not really going to have that many hoops that you're going to have to jump through when it comes to, you know, sparking something, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a blessing and a curse, you know, it really forces you to push yourself to really try different things, try way out, push yourself with typography, push yourself with, you know, all sorts of things. And, mm -hmm. and thankfully, um, uh, you know, one of the things I'm really grateful for from when I was at Rutgers, the first year I was there, um, Andrew set us up where for the entire first year I worked there, we only were allowed to use red and white. We weren't allowed to use black. We weren't allowed to use, we used a little bit of like a, like, like a silver accent color, but that was really not a whole lot. We had a very small number of elements and we only used um, one font the entire year. Um, we only used um, Avenir and its variations. And that really pushed me in like, you know, having to get better at typography and layout and how you sort of set everything up. And now coming here, having that practice in the past is a great exercise into sort of understanding what it takes to be a good designer and what it takes to make really good design. Because, yeah, you can have dope colors, you can have really awesome photos and you have all this stuff. But if you don't execute it properly, mm -hmm. it's you can it, it, you can take it from good to great just by a understanding those principles mm -hmm. and so having that practice there has really helped me throughout everything i've ever done um you know I, i'm really glad andrew pushed us there in that regard and, and there's a reason he's one of the best in, in the college game um you know i and and now with what we do um you know we, we definitely are trying to stay with like the sleek modern look which i think is a lot of fun it's really fun to sort of like get to be on like the forefront of like design trends the nba is a really great place to expand your creativity because it's such a a league that's in tune with the culture mm -hmm. um you know it's not it, it's something that can be on the forefront of things and you can push yourself further and further and that's one thing i do love about being in brooklyn and working with this team is that you know we get to go crazy with what we do and we mm -hmm. get to experiment with things and have a lot of fun and people are really open to it and you know that's something i'm really grateful for yeah, I was going to ask about when it comes to developing a new look. I mean, you put it perfect. Like the NBA is more, I guess, it, the, the hands of the league are open creatively when it comes to adapting itself to the, you know, design trends and what the communities want and stuff like that. And I think teams within the NBA relate more to their cities that they're in because they do that. You know, I feel like there's more, I'll go, there's more relation creatively for some reason, I don't know why it's just the NBA, but it just seems like it's just the NBA. Really, it does. I feel like, and and this might just be a bigger commentary on the entire, like, like is it because it's know, basketball? Because it, like basketball has I, that, like you know, yeah, like that, that, that like that's hip, what I was gonna say. It's I don't, like, don't want to say like hip hop culture, but you know, like at least creatively, when it comes to like what what sets trends or what like is like especially within the sports space i feel like it stems into you know how do i put this but i feel like when it, when it comes from like like the hip-hop range of things because there's a lot of endorsers of basketball teams that are hip-hop and rap artists and you know music you know artists when it comes from that i feel like maybe that's because like maybe that's why the league embraces more creative freedom and more you know diversity and everything because of because of that i don't know like it doesn't really seem like a lot of other leagues adapt creative culture much i think it's a little bit of i think the sport does play into it a lot you know you look at basketball as a sport and it's something that's always been in tune with the culture it's a sport that is the most easily accessible for everybody mm -hmm. you know when you look at any other sport 
playing basketball and it's like most boiled down purest form is the easiest for everyone to do because whether you're playing, you know, two on two at the park or you are watching an NBA game, it's still the same game versus like, even you look at football and like, you know, you're playing in the yard or you're playing in PE as a kid and it's still, there's, you know, differences to it. And so, you know, it's the easiest one for everybody to be a part of. And on top of that, I think you're right. You know, there's always been a relationship between, you know, uh, culture um, and, you know, you, to be completely, you know, straightforward, especially black culture and the mm-hmm. amount of impact that that has on basketball and that basketball has on stuff like hip hop and just how entwined it is with, you know, just being on the forefront of culture. That is a huge part of it. I also do think that some of it boils down to the way that you're able to sort of express yourself. You know, every other sport, it's a much larger team and you're wearing something that's covering your face to some degree mm-hmm. or you're really spread out or all this stuff. And basketball is a very individual sport um, and you have a lot of, you know, range to express yourself creatively as a player, whether it's with your shoes, whether it's with what you wear to the games. And, you know, that's something that is, is really important that, you know, I think that having that individuality and people being able to push their own creativity forward in a non-basketball sense you know, sort of allows us to expand there uh, as people covering the game. Mm-hmm. So have you had a chance to work with players yet? A little bit. Um, I haven't spent you know a ton of time interacting with them. Uh, I just recently, uh, Media Day was my first time getting to shoot any of our players since being here. Um, I, we're very lucky in the sense that, you know, some of our players will get involved with certain things that we're working on uh, you know we work with each of our players teams when jesse is designing a t-shirt giveaway so you know we have stuff like that which is really cool um but at the same time you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you we have some guys that are uh, very important in the world of sports and they're not easy to get a hold of always because they are so big mm-hmm. and so you know i don't have a lot of you know interaction one-on-one time with these guys but at the end of the day you know, we still get to collaborate a lot with them and our front office has been great in getting us access this season to sort of like tell their story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess uh, to segue off of that question, how much, I guess, is it even needed for you guys to like focused on player story or in the NBA, do players just kind of tell it themselves? You know how I'm kind of framing that quote, you know what I'm kind of saying? Yeah. I'm with you. You know, it's interesting. I think that varies from team to team because you look at a team um, like, for example, you take a team such as the Magic or the Rockets or the Pistons right now that are young and they have a lot of potential. They've got a lot of really great talent um, and they, you know, but their fans don't know who their players are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um I think that that is like the perfect opportunity to really get that narrative across. I do think that, yes, there absolutely is room to tell the stories of a lot of your guys. You know, one thing that our video team has worked on uh, this summer and that we have started pushing out is a great series called from blank to Brooklyn. And it's where we've sent our video team back home with a couple of our players and they have sat down, interviewed friends and family, filmed them while they're working at camp you know, see how they interact with their community and sort of what shaped them to be the people who they are. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's important, especially, you know, especially in a world where people are always so critical of these guys and they're so quick to jump on anybody. The NBA 
the NBA has some great fans, but on social media, they can be really quick to, you know, be like this guy, this guy, you know, jump down <laughs> people's throats. And I, I love that about the NBA, but you know, at the same time, you do want to humanize these guys and make sure people know who they are, you know, that they're not just basketball player that you play with on 2k and then you watch and you go, Oh my God, I can't believe he did or didn't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, these are people. And I think that that's a really important thing that at the end of the day, you really want to communicate it. And to me, I see all of us in sports creative um, as storytellers, you know, we're trying to tell the story of these teams and people want to be behind the scenes and sort of feel like they're a part of that team. So telling the story of these guys, you know, friendships, what they, you know, how they interact. If it's something like um, I saw something from the Nashville Predators the other day where they did a video piece highlighting their guys playing uh, Mario Kart on the plane in between, you know, stops of a road trip and stuff like that, I think is important for everybody just to be like, oh, hey, these guys are, you know, dudes just like me, not just, you know, some weird dude, you know, some guy I only see that exists on this, you know, tiny rectangle in the middle of the arena, mm-hmm. you know, 82 times a year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, they, they've got personalities. They've got all these things. And I, I, that's my favorite thing to do. And it, it's something I actually let, um, I try to, I try to do when I'm designing things. If like, if I'm trying to, you know, tell a story about a certain guy, or if I'm trying to work on something surrounding a certain guy, and let's say like, I know what kind of music he listens to, or we have like a song that he's, he's listening to. I'll put that on just to sort of like help get in that right headspace to, to design the right thing. And, you know, just sort of share, you know, sort of get a little bit of an understanding. Mm-hmm. I know that can sound a little bit out there and crazy, or it might not help that much, but it is to me, at least a little bit helpful just to um, help sort of encompass the, um, you know, who these, who these guys are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like you you put it perfectly like when you were talking about the NBA as a league, it's like it's more individualized. People see the face of these players, you know, and you even said it when you were just recently talking, like people jump on these guys so quickly when they make a mistake or when they don't play well or whatever it is. So like I think like I think in the NBA I think they're judged more on, you know, how do I put this way? I think they're judged more, more on their character, more on their character rather than, you know, sometimes just their, their playing ability to wear, um, in like football, you know, for example, you're, you're wearing a helmet, your face is covered up. They only see the player for a player, you know, they don't really know them for their personality. Um, so that, that's why I asked, that's why I asked the question of like, do you guys put emphasis on, you know, developing, you know, their personality, making sure the fans know, you know, who these players are outside of the court to where, I don't know, maybe I was just, maybe it was just me thinking, cause I've never, you know, obviously worked in the NBA. Maybe it was just me thinking from the outside in, like you're able to see these players a little bit more as a person rather than an athlete in the NBA. I don't know if I'm yeah. coming at that from a wrong angle, but no, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think you're right. Um, you know, that is something that we try to do, and especially for, again, for for us, you know, we have we have Kevin Durant on our team, and you can't beat around the fact that we have one of the best basketball players of all time on our team. Ooh. And people know a lot about Ooh. him. I'm not, put, I'm not saying where he is in my all-time rankings. I'm not going to say that because this is not. I don't have the. I don't have the time or energy for that. He's he's one of the top 100 of all time, maybe. He's one of. He's 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 my favorite basketball player of all time because 
he and I are co-workers, as I like to say, and he is very important and does a lot of, he, he gives me a lot of content to make. I put together a, a graphic last year at the end of the season of all the Kevin Durant graphics I made, and I think it wound up being close to like 50 unique individual graphics that he was on. Damn. Just because he broke so many milestones, so many records. The dude can play basketball, and that's the one thing I'll say too, is watching these guys in person, you know, I live... I've, I've been around the game of basketball for so long, but then when you see guys and even watching guys who are not, you know, your superstars warm up, you're like, okay, this guy's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Then you watch a Kevin last year. I, I sat in there and I watched Steph warm up. You watch these guys warm up and you're just like, they're in the NBA wow. for a reason, man. <laughs> oh, there's a reason they're in that top 75 of all time. You just watch them. You're just like, wow, yeah. that is like just warming up is different. But, but getting back to the, the point of what you were saying, um, yeah, I think that it's really important to tell those stories. And, and, you know, when you have a guy like Kevin, you could tell those stories, but people know about him. So like for us, it's an opportunity to tell the story of, of guys like, like I, I mentioned that video series, we've done a ton of stuff with one of our, our young guys, like uh, Dayron Sharp, or we get to dive in with a bunch of our rookie players. We did a lot of stuff around summer league with the guys who were second year players that went back to summer league this year and played. And mm-hmm. we've done a lot of with them or, even, you know, guys that are role players, stuff that, you know, the, the guys that you're diehard fans will love, someone that a, a casual fan may not know. But, like, you know, you have one or two guys, you know, or you, you have those guys out there on your team that you want to tell those stories because they also, you know, they got a lot to share. And when you only have 15 guys on your roster plus two two-ways, you know, you've got the chance to tell a lot more stories than than – some other teams will mm-hmm. and then you also get to tie in you know how they like you know the culture of the city you get to tie in, you tell those stories as well mm-hmm. there's a chance to tell a lot of stories about a lot of different things and i think that that's a really fun thing that we get to do here in brooklyn especially we get a lot of of free reign on what kind of stories we want to tell and the narratives and set these guys up for success and i think that's a lot of fun and i think that's important you know having that comfortability with your players and having the access and having the ability to tell their stories is beneficial for everyone. It's good for us because we get to make content, but it's good for them because, you know, they get to get their brand out there. They get to share their story. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, when you finally do get that chance just to let everybody, you know, interact and tell those stories, it's, it leads to great results every time. And I've never met anybody who's ever been like, man, I'm so mad that we got all this extra access and we got to tell all these stories because it just wasn't that good. Like, you all, you're always going to be able to find at least one or two people in, on any team of any sport that are like, okay, this guy has like a good personality. We can use him for this or we can use him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that's a, a really cool thing that we get to do here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about one of your projects, um, at least your most recent project that's on your Behance from the Brooklyn Nets. Granted, I don't know, 21-22 social content, was that – that wasn't that – uh, Yeah, was so the, but... the, the last two on my Behance here are uh, – your summer Our one both, is what was most recent. Yeah, right? let's let's do the summer one. Yeah, so the other one is great. I do love that one. That was our season from last year. But yeah, the the most recent one I have is uh yes. So I got I got stuck with or not stuck with. I got to do the uh, I sort of got to take the lead on a lot of our uh, summer content this year for social. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to sign in to be hands now. I didn't realize I got kicked out of uh, logged in, so I'm trying to get that pulled up real quick. Um, here we go. Yeah. So the I actually I did bring a prop um, because I saw this on the on the sheet. Uh, I was sitting around in my apartment one day working from home, and I have with me for those that are not uh, watching. 
I have with me one of the uh, test uniforms, actually, a pro uh, from one of our last statement edition uniforms. It's a little bit uh, different from the actual final product, but I was given this a couple days in when a coworker was leaving, um, and I was trying to come up with what I wanted the look and feel for our draft content to be for the year mm -hmm. um, because I was, um, you know, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and as a creative, I feel like a lot of us do that, but I, I always put a lot of pressure on myself when I have a big project like I want this to be amazing. I want this to be the best thing ever, you know, on top of being picky or whatever, but I'm always just like putting that extra pressure on myself in my head. And finally, one day I was sitting in my apartment and I pulled this Jersey out and I was just looking at it. Uh, and I was, cause I thought about that moment when, you know, you get your name called, you go up there and you take the photo, you hold the Jersey up with the commissioner and you get to be like, Hey, this is, you know, number one, mm -hmm. whatever team. Right. Um, and I was looking at stuff like, you know, you have the stitching on it. You have, I looked at the little details like uh, you have the tag at the bottom, the, the little Nike tag. Mm -hmm. You have the tag on the inside that has like, you know, the sizing and everything. Um, you have all the different little elements, the stitching and every little bit of it. And so that was really my big inspiration for the draft. And then what wound up sort of evolving in the stuff for like free agency, mm -hmm. um, really leaning into um, our Brooklyn word mark on the front. And then, you know, how you have the player name on the back. Mm -hmm. um, that was really my inspiration for all that. Um, and it was really funny because uh, we did we only had one potential draft pick and we did not use it this year. So none of the draft stuff actually ever saw the light of day. Um, but no, yeah. So that was sort of like the inspiration with the jersey texture. Um, that was how you see uh, if you look at like I have a quote graphic at the bottom of that. It has it had the player's name and the information underneath it that was inspired by the tag on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, all of the graphics have um, a little tag that is you know ripped directly off of the little uh, tag at the bottom of the jersey and that was sort of like you know the tag for mm -hmm. lack of a better term for all of those graphics for the summer mm -hmm. um all of the so very fun fact all of the uh all of the numbers and uh, that you see in the project um are actual numbers that would go on a jersey um mm -hmm. our equipment team gave us a set of the big numbers that go on the back and the small numbers that go on the front and if you scroll down a little bit into the project, I set them up in our office one day. I photographed them top down, cut them all out. And so anytime you saw a number on any of this stuff throughout the summer, um, that was actually a jersey number that's sitting in my desk in the office right now, <laughs> um, which was it was just a fun little detail just because I wanted that texture in there. And I mm -hmm. think that that little detail of the texture is it, it takes it, you know, when you if you it's hard to notice on some of them. But when you catch it, you're like, oh, OK, I see that. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, our herringbone, which you see on everything, that's a staple of our uniform, so including that. And that then that look, because we didn't use it very much for the draft, we wound up, you know, incorporating that into how our uh, our, our free agency template worked and how our other stuff worked. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then at the end of the project is Summer League, which was a really good time. That was – I just wanted to – you know, Summer League's in Vegas every year, and my goal going in was – I don't want to make the same Vegas themed graphics as everybody else because <laughs> that's been done a hundred times before. And I know I'm not trying to shame anybody who does it that way because, you know, do what you got to do. It's a really easy layup thing. And it's a fun way to incorporate a lot of colors that are unique into your brand. It's a really good way to get some, su some summer stuff, some desert stuff. There's a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. to run with it. Um, but you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what's something that is very Vegas that 
you know, we could sort of lean into here. And I thought about a deck of playing cards and how you can use that. And so that was the big inspiration for mm-hmm. all of our graphics for Summer League. Um, you know, just incorporating our little, our herringbone pattern and incorporating different suits and everything. So it was a really easy way and a, a nice, a nice way to keep our graphics simple and clean, like a lot of the other stuff that we have been doing mm-hmm. and, you know, not trying to overcomplicate things for Summer League, which, you know, Summer League's a great time, but at the same time, you don't want to, you want to save your big guns for the season. So having a nice, simple, clean look while still, you know, doing something a little bit different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So does this, when you were formulating your summer league stuff, does this move into, like, do you start from here and develop into your in-season? Or does this is this completely irrelevant to your in-season stuff? Um, For us, it's it's not very relevant. Um, I, I don't really know how much inspiration our team took from this look going into our season campaign. But, you know, a lot of it is just sort of like, taking some of the stuff from our last our last brand campaign and some of the stuff from what we're working on and trying to build on for this for the for the season um it's it's two very different things it's sort of a nice chance to just sort of like do something a little different without totally you know trying to reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. um and with also how our our book sort of works out um you know i took the lead on our summer content but uh jesse took the lead on takes the lead on a lot of our other stuff. And especially when it comes to like the season campaign, that is so much bigger than just what you see on social media. Mm-hmm. That is ads that are up and down the, the subway stations and on billboards and outside the arena and the arena. It's, I mean, it's, it's an entire campaign and it's so much larger than just summer league content that goes on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. So as much as I love doing the summer league stuff, that's sort of how, you know, how that works out for us. Yeah. I was going to say, cause you uh, like that's the main thing with like a with like a, a a big professional team is it's not it's more than social you know you're running more yeah. you're running more than just what appears on twitter like i mean you have some i don't know if these are mock-ups my guess is that they are mock-ups but you have some images of like outside signage or you know stuff like that in this project um that i mean maybe they are mock-ups but that just gives a little sense into what is also considered you know like it's not just it's not just digital graphics. It's, you have to develop something that's going to be able to go seamlessly across different mediums and also in different places. And I think, exactly. I think, I mean, I think a lot, like especially within our industry, like a lot of that is maybe not our industry, maybe just you know um, people that don't work in the, that haven't worked in the industry um, at least you know for four or five years. I feel like that signage and and extra stuff and different mediums when it comes to you know developing a a brand look has to be considered more because you know i mean there you you're not just reaching out to your fans and out to your community just by twitter you're you have to develop things that you know are going on you know like you said ads in a subway system or you know maybe it is digital but you know, Google ads or different ads on digital, whatever, you know, there's so many different things you have to design for. Um, and let alone, let alone like places where it is, but also different events that maybe you have to have that creative direction go seamlessly into an event that maybe the event isn't directly about the Brooklyn Nets. It's about something else, you know, something like that. You never know when you're going to have to apply the brand to something else. So, yeah, there's a lot of hands that touch a lot of different aspects of the brand, and there's a lot of people that they they get their they get 
some sort of stake in what we do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that you have to make to, to you know, appease a lot of different people. Uh, like I said before, I was listening to um, Ashley's <clears throat> Ashley's episode uh, of the podcast last night and hearing her talk about, you know, just the different things that you touch at the college level versus the pro level. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot more at the pro level that you do have to touch. Um, and just being, it's a lot of different unique things. You, there's no recruiting at our end, you know, <laughs> instead of recruiting, you're trying to sell tickets every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's two very different worlds, but you know, there still is a lot of the same stuff that overlaps and it's, it's just one of those ones where you have to be prepared and aware of what you're doing. And it's something that even before I started at, uh, with the Nets, that I didn't even fun- like fully realize, you know, when I was at the college level, I thought, you know, man, so many of these brands are so simple. They're so, why are they so simple? There's like nothing to them. And in reality, they are very complex. And a lot of them are way more complex than, you know, they get credit for. Um, but you do have to streamline a lot of that because there's so many things that you have to create for, mm-hmm. you know, you have to make stuff for, you know, web ads and also stuff that'll look good on a billboard, you know, something that is as little as like uh, the smallest thing I made today was 260 by 260. And last week we put up a billboard that went over a subway station, like stuff like that. You've got to be prepared for all these different aspects and areas that all have their own unique sort of like things that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's part of why you see the brand sort of look differently from different, you know, the summer and the the season. But you know, it's a it's it's one of the really fun and also challenging parts of being at this level. Mm-hmm. Well, Thomas, I mean, it's getting to about that time where uh, where the length of the episode is is in that money spot. Usually, in between like a little bit over forty five minutes, that's like money. Um, but I, I also think we talked about what we wanted to talk about. You went into depth a little bit more than I was expecting. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, um, it's been awesome talking with you. It's, I know it was on short notice, which honestly makes it, makes it kind of, kind of better. I don't know. Anticipating something. I don't know. I like, I've, I've never jumped into something on a day's, a day's transition. So that's cool. Um, for this. So, um, again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on, on such short notice. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me and letting me ramble for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really good at over talking. So uh, I am. Uh, thanks for having me. And also, I'm sorry if I, if I talk too much. <laughs> no, you're good. It, it makes, it makes a really good conversation, especially when people want to know about the pro side of sports, you know, about working in the pro side of sports, the more explanation, the better. So yeah, don't ever think you're talking too much, man. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, but anyways, guys, this has been episode 21 of season three. Um, again, thank you for coming out and listening and make sure you go down below, connect with Thomas on his socials. And I'll have, I'll have his Twitter and his portfolio down there. So you can use that, um, use that link for reference to base the, um, when we were talking about the the project we just talked about. So, um, but yeah, go down, connect with the man. Um, obviously now, if you've listened to the whole episode, you know how awesome of a guy he is. So yeah. Um, anyways, thank you for coming out and listening again. And as always, make sure you tell someone that you love them today. All right. We will take it easy. Have a good one. Peace.